0: You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to
1: allthews.3cr.org.au.
0: Woman on the Line acknowledges this program is produced and presented on the sovereign lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We acknowledge elders past and present and the owners of the land you are hearing us from. On September 16, 2022, Kurdish woman Mahza Amini died in police custody in Iran. Mahza had been on her way to Tehran when she was stopped by the guidance patrol. The guidance patrol, also known as the Morality Police, is a unit of the Iran Police set up in 2005 to enforce a strict moral code on the public. This beard unit is known to patrol the streets, targeting mainly women who they deem immodestly dressed. Marcel was travelling with her brother to Tehran when she was stopped by the guidance patrol. Accused of breaking the moral dress code, she was taken into custody. She would pass away soon after, authorities attributing her death to heart failure, a claim that to this day is refuted by eyewitnesses and supporters. Mahsa's death sparked furious protests in Iran, with solidarity rallies held globally. Her story brought to light the discrimination Kurdish community face in Iran. Jinjian Azad became a rallying cry during the Iranian protests, but the slogan has its roots in the Kurdish women's freedom movement. This week on Woman on the Line, we hear a presentation by Nulufar Kok from the Kurdish National Congress who spoke at the Eco-Socialism 2023 conference. Her talk discussed the history of Kurdish feminist movement and the new challenges facing the revolution. Nulafa begins her address at the Treaty of Louisiane.
1: Thank you, Peter, And thank you for the host, The Green Left. um, And good afternoon to the audience. I can't see you. well, I will try to share a little bit the brief history of uh, how um, the Kurdish movement um, discovered uh, Zunjian as the women freedom life. So, uh, as Peter was saying by the introduction that Australia belongs to the aborigines, and so we are in solidarity with their move for decolonization. So we have a similar history, and Xinjiang Azadi is uh, one of the resistance against actually colonialism. So it's not different than the history in Australia. Uh, Particularly these days, we are preparing ourselves for um, conferences and events in the city of Lausanne in Switzerland. Because uh, in 22 days, the treaty, the so-called peace treaty of Lausanne, Uh, will become um, 100 years, so we are now trying uh, to organize, uh, mobilize uh, Kurds uh, everywhere to stand with us and uh, act against uh, the Treaty of Lausanne and protest the Treaty of Lausanne because it's the treaty which actually divided the country of Kurdistan. So the treaty was signed after the First World War, by the victors of the First World War, led by the uh, United Kingdom of Britain. And uh, the idea was to create nation states over the territory of the former Ottoman Empire. So the treaty was actually the agreement to share the territory of Ottoman Empire. And the current borders of the nation states in Middle East have been drawn uh, in 1923 in the city of Lausanne and signed on the 23rd of July, 1923. So in this uh, agreement, uh, three parts of Kurdistan, the biggest one was given to the Turkish state, another part was given to Iraqi state, and the other part to uh, the Syrian state. Uh, the division of Kurdistan between Iran and Turkey was already done a few centuries ago in 1639 between the Ottomans and the Persian Empire. So, the second and the most worse division uh, of Kurdistan was done in 1923. The idea behind this treaty by, the, uh, by Britain was to create a state uh, in, uh, in which, on which they can rely uh, to prevent the influence of the Soviet Union. Because as you know, geographically, Turkey is close to Russia, so turkey was important to become a wall against the soviet union that's why when you when we when you would ask me who created the turkish nation state i would say i would say britain uh, so that's that's the reason why turkey is still specific uh, in specific interest of um, the nato and many of other countries who do believe to expand their power in middle east and need a partner this is turkey it was chosen in 100 years ago Uh, So the the main problem of the treaty was not just to divide the land of the Kurds, but the most worst part was to deny the existence of the Kurdish people. So the Kurdish problem or the Kurdish card or the Kurdish question, whatever you call it, is a creation of this time. So the game was very simple and I guess you know, uh, it was like um, when two fight, the third rejoices. So a problem, permanent situation of conflict was created. So sometimes the Kurds, because the Kurds never accepted the division of their country uh, since 1923, there have been many, many of uh, uprisings against this. So, and all these uprisings mostly have been against Turkey. And then later on again, Iraq and Syrian uh, repression, the state repression uh when uh so uh, so uh that was the game when two fights the third one rejoices so when turks and kurds fight fought each other or kurds and arabs in syria and, and in and, and and in iraq and syria and iran then london was rejoices uh or paris or europe generally So this was the game uh and uh They kept the Kurds as a tool, the the, the demand of freedom of the Kurdish people become a tool in the hands of European capitalism. uh, Just to prevent, through Turkey, the expansion of socialism from Russia at that time, Soviet Union. So this is the back, uh, back, um, this is the history behind. So, and Kurdistan um, become a colony of then four states. And exactly fifty years ago, on twenty on in in Nevruz, on Nevruz Day, 1973, when Ujalan uh, had his first meeting with some of his comrades at the university in Ankara, it was the first time when he said when he said that could be a colony and uh, there's a need to start the struggle for, uh, for against colonialism. So that's why when you look in the documents of the Kurdistan Workers' Party, PKK, they will say our revolution is 50 years old. So that's the beginning point. So, and in Kurdistan itself, uh, so the Kurdish people have been colonized by Arabs, Turks and Persians, but the Kurdish women uh, internally have been colonized by patriarchy, by the men. So there's double oppression on women. Uh, so, this is another part of uh, history you have to know when we speak about Kurds and uh, to better understanding why Zhejiang Azadi became a slogan for the revolution. So, these are some important steps in the history to know. And the other other important point is that uh, before uh, Treaty of Lausanne, the Arabization through Islam uh, 100, 1400 year, years ago, Uh, have been also part destructive uh, on the matrilinear uh, culture in the Kurdish society. So because Islam uh, 1400 years ago was a a tool of uh, Arab expansionism in the region. So it was influencing also Kurdistan and it led to uh, the change of the role uh, of women in the Kurdish society. So, because uh, traditionally uh, the Kurds had strong elements of mm-hmm. matrilinear society, so first destruction through Arabization, and then later on through the Treaty of Lausanne. So, Lausanne was the most worst part of our history in the last century because uh, permanently, systematically, three uh, pillar, three uh, steps have been done in Kurdistan. The first is genocide. Means ethnic cleansing of the Kurdish society. Secondly, parallelly to genocide, feminicide. Feminicide doesn't mean just physical killing of women, but um, also raping women, kidnapping women, discrimination, special laws of discrimination by the colonialist power over Kurdish women, and also the discriminatory policies of patriarchal uh, male dominated society in Kurdistan. So this is also part of feminist side. So it's a parallel process to genocide. And then of course, ecocide, ecocide in Kurdistan means um, destruction of uh, exploitation of all natural resources of the country, uh, particularly building of dams on the rivers. And uh, also, uh, still, um, this burning of the forests in Kurdistan still continuing until today, like we are experiencing this in, in Turkish-occupied Afrin, the Kurdish city Afrin in Rojava. So, ecocide is a part of colonialism, uh, which has been committed in the last century. In uh, Kurdistan, the level was achieved that um, the matrilinear root society turned to, pat- to total patriarchal society True colonialism have been oppressing Kurdish women There's, uh, from hostile uh, nation-states, Turkey, Iran, Iraq, and Syria, and then also the, um, through Arabization and glor- glorification of the men uh, in the Islamic rules. So women have been become then another colony of men. And so that's why uh, in the natural, so the elements in the mat- matrilinear society of the Kurds, in this, historically, women have been the symbol of life, Jin and Jian have been together because the roots of the terminology of Jin and Jian are the same. Women and life are the same, but because of colonialism, the things changed radically. So women, the between women and Jian, there was a gap. So between life and women, a gap come up. So and this is the question in 1987 when Jalan for the first time says, "Well." Ooh, the Kurdish society is a mother ruled society. Why, uh, the the part, the vital part of being women, life is destructed in Kurdistan, uh, in the in, in the in, in, in amongst the women. Why there's a gap between life and women? Why women and death are close to each other? Killing women, murdering women, raping them, kidnapping them or through some customs which have been uh, influenced by Arabization, uh, women and that are more close than women and life. So Jin and Jian have been separated. So this is the question in in April 1987. Uh, So then the question is how to uh, fill the gap between Jin and Jian For that, uh, the idea is to organize women, awakening women. So the PKK's revolution start to awakening the curse from colonialism, but also in this revolution, awakening the women for women's liberation. So it's a starting point to fill the gap between Jin and Jian. In 1994, then for the first time, the terminology of Jin, Jian is used as such. And from 1987 until 1994, so there's a process in which women start to uh, organize their stuff. And it's a time period when, after the collapse of the Soviet Union, Ojala was terribly busy to questioning the reasons for the collapse of so- real socialism. So in the parallel process, when he's questioning ideologically, theoretically, the reasons of the collapse, so more and more women are joining his movement. And he's looking for his proletariat, and the women said, well, we are the proletariat, we are here. So, um, And he, the women uh, participation of women in this movement helped him to find his proletariat in the new form of a new socialism, Uh, um, I would say Kurdish socialism, so and uh, he then was the one who was standing always next to women and women have been the one who have trusted him so much. So they, the women's freedom movement helped him to find the reason of the collapse of socialism. Because it was not recognizing the women as a colony during the history of capitalism, feudalism, whatever, when you look in historical material, materialism of Marx, the periods of time. So there's no specific space for analyzing the circumstances of women through the whole history. It has been done by other socialists, but not that much like Ojalan is focusing on women. So as I said in 1994, uh, so women um, had their army already in 1993, uh, and start to fill the gap between Jin and uh, between Jin and Jian. And then the parallel question is: Okay, now we are uh, women; we exist uh, as women, and we have a history uh, in Kurdistan and Middle East. So uh, for that, several academies have been founded in the mountains. Uh, so uh, in the women's armies, you you mustn't understand the army as a military unit. No, the army was just uh, uh, because it was happening, all the process happening in the mountains. And since you are under attack of the hostile forces, you have, of course, to protect yourself in self, uh, regarding self-defense. But the main purpose of the army was to offering women space for education, for training, um, um, studying the history of Kurdistan of women, not just in Kurdistan but uh, globally or internationally, so this was important so that women came back to the mat- matrilinear matrilineal societal um, culture in Kurdistan. Uh, so that was offered by by uh, by the units in the women's army in the mountains. So if I speak about the women's army, you shouldn't understand it's just military issue. So it's a it be, because you, there was no space to organize women in the cities and in the villages, because Kurdistan was uh, occupied, is occupied by a uh, states, state, so they they haven't allowed you any space to use for education. Uh, that's why the mountains have been the only places uh, where they got opportunity to organize themselves. That's why the army it was very vital for the Kurdish women's movement at the beginning. So um, in this whole process, uh, when the Women's Army was organized in '95 the first women's political organization, and then uh, academies, etc. have been grown uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the women's movement. And then the parallel question from '95 onwards was, okay, women and life belongs to each other, uh, but what kind of life? So uh, what, what does it mean uh, to live? Uh, what kind of life do we want? So the secret was, of course, freedom, a free life, azadi. So and azadi needed a struggle, and for this struggle, all the structures have been built. Not just in the military self-defense issues, but everywhere uh, where there was a need for women to organize themselves, they created I an mean, so everywhere uh, autonomous women structures from ninety-five onwards until today. So when we spoke speak about Zhenjian Azadi, so women' life freedom, it has a history more than thirty years actually, and to find a free life, or still the revolution is continuing for freedom of women, and this is a, not the 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 freedom of women is not just the issue concerning women, because uh, we have found in the history after the Kurdish revolution in the last fifty years that single women in the Kurdish society can make radical changes, uh, revolutionary changes in the society, in a patriarchal society. Imagine 40 years ago where women have been seen as um, housewives or those as slaves. So uh, such a kind of women is organizing people, talking to them about the colonization of Kurdistan. That was incredible at that time. So which led then Uh, faster changes in the societies, you can organize conferences, seminars, telling the people, well, Kurdistan is a colony, so we have to look for our liberation, so men can do this, it wouldn't be so much effective if a woman is doing this in patriarchal, male-dominated society, so um, this is the particular specific point of the Kurdish revolution, that women are playing key role in social revolution, in changing of the society, overcoming the elements and customs and culture of, of uh, patriarchy as a grand godfather of capitalism. So the Kurdish women's movement is actually the main power, the main ideological power of the of, of overcoming capitalism which infiltrated the society through male domination and religion, and other forms. Uh, So, that's why it's a different art of revolution in this century. And as we have seen, uh, it led uh, also um, to uh, overcome a new wave of uh, new, new colonialism of the region through proxy elements like Islamic State, Taliban, whatever you call it, or Boko Haram. So, this is the new wave of colonization of the region with the highest peak of using uh, religion as a tool it's nothing else than creating again the control of patriarchy over the societies in middle east and they try to do this particularly in kurdistan uh, because uh, they have known that the kurdish women have been already changing the society radically so through building of mosques in in, in all parts of kurdistan they couldn't Bring back uh, the the culture of house, house So the women have been always on the streets. So because the Kurdish women's movement slogan is getting out women from the houses, ending the culture of wification. So and Turkey, for example, during the time of of Erdogan, they have built ten thousand mosques in which the imams prayed or applied to the men get your wives back to home. Or the same is happening in Iran in Kurdistan. And also Saddam did the same. Through Islam, they tried to uh, use the Kurdish men against the women because they knew that there is a hidden power in the Kurdish women as those who have been protecting during thousands of years the Kurdish culture language because um, through women, the history was given by oral oral traditions. Uh, So they have been the one who kept the uh, Kurdish culture alive, so the women. That's why there was a specific policy by Saddam today in Iran, in Iraq, and also in in Syria, and also Turkey, the specific systematic policy of feminicide against Kurdish women. If you want to destroy the Kurds, you have to attack first the women by different manners. so and with the kurdish revolution 50 years ago this the process uh, of the kurdish women the, the stand the position of the the, the roles uh, which the society gave the women has changed radically so that's why true uh, islamic forces so called islamic forces like isis they want to get back um, bring back the women to the houses to the or to make them slaves in their in the homes again so and the revolution in rojava Show that it was too late for those who had this kind of strategy to colonize again the Kurdish women because they already had a lot of experiences and they gained self confidence and had their own female um, perspective. They had their own armies, their political parties, their academies, their, and then later on their genealogy, the science of women. So it was not uh, easy and women. Uh, they understood this primarily what uh, what is uh, the story behind uh, this kind of proxy groups of islamic state or the Wagner, whatever you call it the paramilitary um instruments because these have been used as against the societies by firstly attacking the women so and in this that was incredible in 2014 when five female fighters in Rojava and also in sinjar because Uh, Again, history repeated itself against Kurdish women uh, in the case of Yazidi women in Sinjar in 2014. As you uh, still remember, thousands of women have been uh, kidnapped and uh, sold on the slave markets. But before before ISIS did this this in Sinjar, it was done in 1925 by Turkey in northern part of Kurdistan. Later on in 1925, 37, when the rebellion of Dersim was um, um, beaten terribly by 70,000 deaths. So at that time, hundreds of young Kurdish girls and women have been sold as trophies uh, to the Turkish soldiers and high-ranking officers. And and then also Iran did the same selling uh, 800 Kurdish women to Uzbekistan for example and Saddam did the same during the time of Anfal, kidnapping and selling Kurdish girls and women, uh, young girls in age four uh, beginning with one until 12 and selling them to Arab states. So the peak was this the experience of this bloody history was then in 2014 when ISIS came and did the same tried to do the same with the Yazidi kurdish women in sinjar in 2014 but this time history our history changed we changed our history as kurdish women we said no way and defeated the islamic state in rojava and also in sinjar and today uh, th- um, and this uh, slogan jinji um, azadi comp- it's a it's a it's a, it's the whole history of, of 30 years women's struggle. So uh, women and life are, are together and women are the key for free lives. So Xinjiang Azadi is not just concentrated of the liberation of women, it led to social changes, societal changes, radical changes, democratization of the society by liberating the half part life of the society, which have been the women.
0: Nurlafer Cox from the Kurdish National Congress speaking at the Eco Socialism 2023 conference. The full talk is available at ecosocialism.org.au. Woman on the Line is a community radio national women's current affairs program. It's produced and presented by a range of broadcasters from 3ci in Melbourne and broadcast across Australia on the community radio network. We greatly appreciate the financial support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. We welcome your comments or thoughts on today's show, so send us an email to line at gmail.com or phone 3CR on 03 9419 8377. Women on the Line programs can be downloaded from our website, 3cr.org.au forward slash line. Taking us out is MIA with Paper Plane. I'm Ian Shirwa, and you've been listening to Woman on the Line.